Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Thanks for being here. Today, I, I want to start <clears throat> with some groans. So let's practice. I just want everybody to groan at the same time. One, two, three. <laughs> Y'all didn't even need to practice. Some of y'all are real good at that. <laughs> Let me illustrate. You, you, ever, you ever been so sick that you just, ugh. I, I mean, so sick that you, you, you just groan. So sick that you pray, Lord, if you want to come today. I mean, that sick. My wife will testify. Um, my kids will testify. When I get to hurting so bad, when I'm so sick, you can probably hear me. So I, I groan. Maybe you do too. Maybe you groan when you're sick. Maybe you're married to a groaner. Any, anybody here today married to a groan? No, don't raise. Don't. About had to start doing some counseling there. So there's, there's other types of groans. Some of y'all groaned yesterday. You're watching your favorite football team and they're hanging in there and maybe it's wide right or the, maybe the field goal's wide left. Maybe they lose. You get to the end of the game and you're just like, ugh, just so disappointed in your team. There's other types of groans like when you're driving. You're driving down the road and you come to a stop sign and the person in front of you, 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 you can tell they're on their phone. And the light turns green and they're on their phone and you're just like, oh, come on. You just groan. Or you're driving down the highway and someone's in the left lane that, and they're doing like 40 and you're wanting to do a lot faster than that. And you're just like, oh, and you just groan. You know, not all groans are frustration. Not all groans are disappointment. Sometimes the groans are from the pain that comes, the pain of bad news, an unexpected uh, expense comes up this month, and you're like, oh, I, I, I was just hoping for one month, just one month where we didn't have something pop up. You didn't get a job, or you didn't get that promotion, and you're like, oh, you just groan. Don't even need words, you just groan. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend breaks up with you. It's just, uh, your spouse says they want a divorce. Uh, you just groan. Your parents are splitting up. Mm. You get some bad news from the doctor. You just groan. You find out a good friend or a family member passes and you just groan. You lose a loved one. And that groan just seems to be continual. Life is tough and life is difficult and life is a struggle. And sometimes when it comes to life, uh, we just groan. There's a person in the New Testament who can relate. He groaned. He traveled a lot, three or four missionary journeys, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. He wrote half of the New Testament. His name was Paul. Listen to his groans. He said, I, I don't understand what to do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. I have the desire to do what's good, but I can't carry it out. What I do is not the good I want to do. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. What a wretched man I am. Who will set me free from this body of death? 
What a wretched man. Who will set me free? Maybe you can relate. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you're reading that and you're like, oh, that's me. I can relate to that. Because when it comes to struggles and difficulties and pains and groans, you understand that. This isn't just a portrait of Paul. I'm so glad Paul shared that with us. I'm so glad the Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, shared with us that he groans. But that's not just a portrait of Paul. That's a portrait of Richie and maybe a portrait of you. Maybe that's how you feel. Tired and hopeless and trapped and condemned. And so he says, just like we do. But then he's reminded. He's reminded of what he had. And he's reminded of what we have. He says, thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so takes a little off the groan. And it's almost like, oh. It's almost like a relief. Paul remembers that the only way we can find freedom, the only way we can find peace, the only way we can find deliverance is through Jesus Christ. And not only that, he's about to describe for us the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us with our groans. Kind of an unusual sermon title. We're in a study called Gifted, and we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And our foundational verse has been, Peter replied to the entire crowd, repent and be baptized. Do we believe in repentance? We do. Do we believe in baptism? We do. If you want to talk about that after the sermon with me, with one of our shepherds, with one of our staff people, with somebody on the row by you, hey, I'm thinking about being baptized. I want to encourage you to do that. But we're spending time talking about the sentence that I didn't grow up spending any time on. And you've shared with me that you haven't been spending any time on that growing up. And you weren't aware of that. And we believe in repentance and we believe in baptism and we, 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 be, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We just don't know it. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I love this quote by Francis Chan. If I were Satan, and my ultimate goal was to thwart God's kingdom and purposes, one of my main strategies would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. He's been very successful. Because again, I I didn't grow up talking about the Holy Ghost. You've shared with me that you didn't. I can talk to people in other churches, not just churches of Christ, Baptist churches, other churches, and they're like, yeah, we never talk about that. We've neglected the Holy Spirit. We've misunderstood the Holy Spirit. We're a little fearful of the Holy Spirit. And we've all but ignored the Holy Spirit, which is why we're involved in this study. So you're welcome to go back and look at the lessons, listen to the lessons that we've done already. But I want us to read through one chapter today. We won't read all of it. I want to encourage you to go home and read it because I need to hear it and you need to hear it. And Paul's about to illustrate to us the role of the Holy Spirit in our groanings, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. So this gift of the Holy Spirit, what does the gift of the Holy Spirit actually give us? If we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, what is it that we receive? He's going to share that with us in Romans 8. Verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's just been groaning. 
And then he says there's no condemnation. We could stop right there. I could spend the rest of the year right there. No condemnation. You need, to, you need to write that down. You need to put that on your fridge. You need to have that in your car. So that when you're groaning, you're reminded there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, most Christ followers I know, sorry, just my assessment, I'm not sure we believe that. Because we feel condemned. We feel and live as though we are condemned. We feel and live as though we're a big, huge disappointment to God. And we feel that way and we shouldn't. And, and we, we struggle with verses. We, we want to believe that. Now, hear me say that. We want to believe that. I want you to believe that. Paul wants you to believe that. But we struggle with verses like, Having believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow up here in guarantee. That word was not allowed. Don't you go using that word. Don't you go quoting Scripture using that word. We probably need to come back to that verse since we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We struggle with verses like, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power. Well, Richie, that's not what that means. Come on, church. We struggle with verses like, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Not going to ask for a show of hands, but if I said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? I'm just guessing a lot of hands wouldn't go up because we, we don't know. And John said, we can know. But again, I grew up, that if you start talking that way, it's like, well, you can't really know. You, you can't really know, and you can't have that assurance, and you can't have that confidence. And I'm like, so we're going to just take that out of the Bible? We struggle with those verses. I'm glad Paul didn't say, there's no condemnation for those who have perfect church attendance. There's no condemnation for those who depend on their own righteous deeds. There's no condemnation for those who complete a checklist of works. I might have irritated you a little bit right there. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. I just, I just, I just want you to let that soak in. Just let that creep into every fiber of your body so that as you're groaning I want you to remember there's no condemnation no condemnation that's what Jesus told the woman caught in adultery in, in John chapter 8 and neither do I condemn you well yeah but that's really not what, what it's, it's, it's amazing to me how we always have an answer to mm -hmm. you know we like John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life we forget the next verse God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, 
So if you're feeling condemned that God is condemning you, that's not why God sent His Son. That's not why God sent His Son. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. With all the, the things about this world that make you groan, just remember, there's no condemnation. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life... Set me free from the law of sin and death. What did Paul say in Romans 7? Who will set me free from my groanings? The Holy Spirit that is given to us, that is gifted to us, sets us free from condemnation and sets us free from the law of sin and death. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us to live in us so that we don't feel condemned because we're not. So that we don't feel like we're slaves to sin because we're not. There's no condemnation. God gifts us with His Spirit to set us free from condemnation. So if you're not free from condemnation right now and you're a Christ follower, let the Spirit set you free. That's why He was given to us. We keep reading. Those who live according to sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. What does the Holy Spirit give us? He gives us no condemnation. He gives us freedom. And He gives us a new mindset. You know what makes us different than people who are not Christ followers? It's who controls us. Those who live by the Spirit are controlled by the Spirit. People who are not Christ followers, not being negative, not being derogatory, but if they don't have the Spirit, then they're living and following their sinful desires. Now, let's keep reading. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. So repent and be baptized and you'll receive the gift. You'll receive God living in you. He's just validating that. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Just a reminder, we have the Holy Spirit. For if you live according to your sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. You received the Spirit of Sonship. What does the Holy Spirit give us? By having God live in us, this gift of the Holy Spirit... God adopts us as His children. You are sons and daughters of God. Some days you may not feel that way. Some days you may be like, not, not today. I, I don't feel that way today. Paul said, let me remind you to feel that way every day. Maybe you need to hear that, that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Wow. Now, here we go. And by Him, the Holy Spirit, 
by the Holy Spirit that is gifted to us and given to us, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. When, when a baby learns to talk, it's just syllables. We're trying to get our grandson to say, Mama or Dada. Just syllables. When a Jewish baby started speaking, it would be Abba. Dada. Don't make it about the name. There's a lot of mamas and dadas. Make it about the intimacy. We are God's children. There's no sweeter words than when my kids say, Hey, dad. You're like, a lot of people are called dad. But the intimacy I have with my children when they say, Dad, the intimate relationship that we have because of the gift of the Spirit. Now, here's, here's where I, re- I... Just go home and read Romans 8. I, I just wanted to stay in context, so here's what I really wanted to get to. I consider that our present sufferings, groans, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Wow, there's just... You just got to go read Romans 8. I, I could preach Romans 8 for the next 20 years. You know, they asked a bunch of theologians if you were stranded on a desert island and you only had one chapter of the Bible, want to know the one they picked the most? Romans 8. Love Romans 8. I saw a young girl with a t-shirt that said, Born to twirl, made to practice. That probably describes each of us. We want the end result, but not what it takes to get there. We want the spiritual maturity, but not the pain and the groans. But that's not how it works. God wants us to know that to receive the glory, we're probably going to have the groans and the sufferings. God has a purpose for our sufferings. God has a purpose for our groans. Maybe that's why here in this context, He uses the word groan three times and wait three times and hope six times. I'll say it another way. If, if you have groanings today, if, if your life right now, if you just feel like it's one big uh, groan, then understand what God's saying. God's saying those sufferings, those groans are temporary compared to eternity. Now, they feel like eternity right now. But they're temporary. That's why Paul says our present sufferings, our present groanings are not worth comparing to the glory that we will have. So today we groan, tomorrow we glory. Today we groan, tomorrow we glory. And notice what he said. We're not the only ones groaning. So sorry to rob you of that. The whole creation has been groaning. From the time that man sinned, creation has been growing, groaning. We live in a fallen and broken world. We live in a messed up and sinful world. Not only do we groan, but creation has been groaning. 
And we get to thinking, God, hey, are you listening? Are you aware? I'm down here groaning. When are you going to make it better? When are you going to make life right? But, but the, this is what we want to get to. There's more groanings. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Wow. Wow. I could preach on Romans 8 for a long time. I can preach on these two verses for a long time. I wish we could spend more time, but let me say a few things. So if you're following along, we groan. Creation groans. And the Holy Spirit groans. Want to know who the Holy Spirit is groaning for? You want to know who the Holy Spirit is groaning to? Want to know the role of the Holy Spirit? To take our groans and groan to the Lord for us. Wow. Wow. The Holy Spirit's groaning to God for us. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so thankful for Paul to say, you know what, some days, some days, I, I don't even know what to pray for. Ever felt that way? Some days you're like, I got nothing. There's days that we could pray, and we could pray, and we could pray, and the words come easily, but there are those days when there are no words. Just uh, groans. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you feel like, you know, I, I know I need to pray to God, but I, I got nothing. I can groan. Groans are accepted. When words don't come, groans are accepted. And our groans are taken by the Holy Spirit and He groans. And guess what? God speaks groans. He understands our groans. When the words don't come, He doesn't need the words because the Spirit takes, searches us and takes and, and groans to God and He knows exactly what we need. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our groanings. And the Spirit groans for us to God. Oh, I needed Romans 8 this week. I'm hoping you needed Romans 8 this week. I, 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 I can't begin to imagine your groanings. I, I have a list of what your groanings may be, and there's really no need to highlight your groans. Some of you have groaned and suffered way more than others, and many of you understand completely when I say, do you understand groans? You're like, yeah, yeah, I got that. I got that. So, need some good news? We know that in all things, God works. 
we know that in all groans, God is working. You want to know how He's working? He gifted us with His Spirit to work inside of us on those days that we're feeling like, no, not working, He's not working. No, you have His Spirit inside of you. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. And we know, that word know is used 13 times in the book of Romans. It means absolute, unshakable confidence, which I didn't grow up being told we could have before God. And we can. Absolute, unshakable confidence because of who He is, not who we are. But absolute, unshakable confidence because He gifts us with His Spirit. Wow. Wow. And because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, when, when words aren't needed, when words aren't enough, when words cannot be found, when all you have to offer is groans, Paul says, that's okay. So, if you lay your head on your pillow tonight and you feel guilty because you got nothing to say, just groan. God understands. Mm. Listen, I, I, I want you to leave here today with an unshakable confidence. That God is working in your life. That God is working in your life through the gift of His Spirit in your life. That God works for the good of those who follow Him. Let me close with an illustration. I told you about Max Licato's new book. You should get that book. I get no kickbacks. It's called Here to Help. Here's what he writes. You may be stuck in a dark place with no visible exit. If so, please hear this. When we are in times of weakness, it is all hands on deck as the Trinity works to bring about what is good for us. We do not know how to pray. That's okay. The Holy Spirit knows, and He prays for you. So, one of the things you need to know in all the years of not understanding the Holy Spirit, if that describes you, is the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, and when we don't know how to pray, He takes our groans and He presents them to God. What does the Holy Spirit do? He takes our groans and presents them to God. So if you're thinking, you know, all I do is mumble to God. All I do is, you know, just vomit before God, and I feel badly about that. This chapter tells me, don't... Because when we groan, the Holy Spirit takes those groans and He groans to God. Mm, 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 mm. When all you have is groans, groans are accepted. Let's pray.